Remember slipping up on that pitch that you sent to that sponsor that one time? Of course you did. We've all done it. We've reached out to companies that may have an interest in working with ours. By paying us money, by offering affiliate opportunities, or maybe even by bartering. But you mess it up before you ever solidify the deal. Let me help you out of the messes that you might make in the future. And if you haven't started pitching sponsors for your business yet, may this episode be the driving force that gets you going and creates a whole new stream of revenue for you. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. Why? Because I run the number one platform that helps mom entrepreneurs to build better businesses. It's called The Founding Moms. And we're always looking for women like you who want to get better at marketing, branding, and sales. It's a pretty awesome place. You can go see it for yourself at foundingmoms.com. This week, we're going to talk about all the things that I've done wrong when pitching sponsors so that you get it right. For years, I've pitched the founding moms to sponsors everywhere. Big corporations, small nonprofits, individual bloggers, AI robots. I've pitched them all. I want to be very clear. You can certainly pitch sponsors to make more money. It seems daunting at first because how? It seems tedious as you go along because again? And it seems fruitless after your 555th no. But it only takes one sponsor that believes in you or your business to provide you with revenue that you didn't have before that. Let me walk you through the ways that I've failed miserably at pitching potential sponsors so that you don't have to make these same mistakes. Are you ready? When they ask for numbers we can't provide, like on a podcast. There are loads of companies out there looking to sponsor podcasts and websites these days. They use fancy terms like CPC and CPM and CTR that could drive a person crazy. By the way, those stand for cost per click, cost per meal, or cost per thousand ad impressions, and click-through rate. And while these are celebrated acronyms in the corporate world, we small business owners don't much care for them. Beyond that, we can't even provide them. I can't tell you how many times the advertiser interested in sponsoring this here podcast tells me that they need to know our podcast numbers. How many listeners? How many clicks our ads get? And I have to inform them that we don't know. The software that podcast creators use right now is imperfect. It doesn't capture every listener play yet because it's a platform in its infancy, relatively speaking, and particularly for podcasts that aren't smartless. A hilarious, brilliant podcast featuring celebrities that get millions of listeners. And did you know they were acquired last year for over 60 million bucks? Well, we small peas with a smaller niche audience might not have trackable numbers, but we sure do have attentive ear holes thanks to you. It drives me bananas when I have to explain this to sponsors. 
But I can tell you that there are plenty of sponsors out there that do understand this and value the exposure they'd be getting to a very specific audience over numbers that might not mean anything. To close the loop on sponsorship thinking here, even if you get a thousand clicks on an ad anywhere, there might only be three people who actually buy. So what did clicks tell you? Bubkus. When they ask for past examples, and we have none because it's a new endeavor. You might have a new marketing campaign announcing the launch of your website, or your new product, or your new service, or it's your business's birthday. You pitch sponsors, and they ask you for testimonials or proof from previous campaigns. They want to see copy or performance. So then you're a deer in headlights, caught in a moment no one pitching ever wants to be caught in. You have to make up excuses as to why you don't have any. But never fear, your easy answer is here. All you have to do is mock up for them how you're going to position them in your newsletter or on your socials or on your site, wherever you're promising to feature them. Because that's really what they're looking for. No prior experience necessary. When you send a pitch with that typo in it. You know the one. The one that involves typing Sarah instead of Geraldine. Or the one that involves you typing in the name of a company that you pitched the day before instead of the one that you're supposed to send to. Or the typo in your email signature because you haven't peeked at your Google Workspace settings in a while and you've been sending out old, bad links. I found that the best results come from apologizing. Just send a transparent follow-up that you haven't had your coffee yet and you realize what you've done. It's always appreciated on the other end. How do I know? Because I do this too often to admit the frequency that it still happens. When you send your pitch to a list that you purchased somewhere. Please don't. When you overpromise and can't deliver. This is perhaps the worst possible way to pitch. But it happens often because you convince yourself that no matter how great your company already is, you need to throw 50 bells and whistles in there to satisfy their needs or they likely wouldn't be interested in paying you. But it's not true. You made this up. It's in your head. Never, ever, ever promise more than is realistic for you to deliver. When you under-promise and over-deliver. You're welcome to do this one, but it's a massive waste of your time and it cheapens your brand. Throwing in an extra after they've paid gives off the perception that your business is less valuable than you initially showed them. No extras necessary. When you don't follow up. But that's the whole name of the game. You have to do this. You can schedule reminders, tell Siri to nudge you, Circle your emails back into your inbox if you have programs like Superhuman or Gmail where you can snooze them. Not following up with folks you pitched the first time, who missed your email, or deleted it because it was your first pitch to them and they're banking on the fact that you're gonna send a second or third or fourth. It's like throwing money out the window. When you convince yourself before you even pitch anything, 
that they'd never say yes, so you never send anything. This one's also a very common tale that we tell ourselves. Unless you're in desperado mode, you might sit back and wait rather than take the initiative to send because why would anyone want to sponsor your business anyway? What are you waiting for? For a sponsor to pitch you? Never gonna happen. And if it does, please call me. In conclusion, no, you won't annoy potential sponsors with your inquiries and your follow-up tactics. You're not irritating. You don't seem desperate, and you don't come off as a tiny, poor company either. People run big businesses on sponsorships and sponsorships alone. You can too. And now, a word from our sponsors. See what I mean? You could have your company featured right here, in this spot, just like this. Quick, pretend I'm reading all about your business. Sponsorships with our podcast are simple. Just reach out to me at 708-872-7878 or email me all about it and we're going to make you famous. You don't call. You don't write. Why not do both? Text or call me at 708-872-7878 and you can leave a message there so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Then go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. Pretty please. It helps other listeners discover these entrepreneurial stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Lindsay, Aaron, and every company that's ever turned me down for making this podcast with me. And hey, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.